I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Tri-tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Oh, my goodness. Um, I love our chats, but right now, it, this is too much chaos for Ray. <laughs> I've created chaos today, Sarah. I'm sorry. It's, it's totally fine. The problem being that right now we're recording at 8.55 Eastern Time, and most people will be like, oh, no big deal. A nice chat with Sarah and Sarah. Like, that sounds like a great way to spend your evening. Except this is this is getting to be past my bedtime. I might get grumpy. <laughs> I'm already I'm already impressed that you record at 8 p.m. normally. So now that I've, like, pushed you to 9 p.m. this evening, I'm, I'm extremely grateful. <laughs> you're testing. You're testing our friendship here. Like, where is Sarah's breaking point? Is it going to be 9 p.m.? What happens? <laughs> what happens? Does Sarah turn into a pumpkin after 9 p.m.? Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> Things could get weird. <laughs> <laughs> Weirder than usual, too. So yeah. let's, listeners be warned. Yeah, nor- normally on the show, I try. my brain is total mush by the time we get to the sign-off. Mm-hmm. And there ends up being some weird sign off sometimes. Um, but who knows what's going to happen? Stay yeah, tuned. I feel like, you know, it's funny. Like, I don't feel like my brain's mush because it's usually 5 p.m. my time. But what happens with me is like, depending on how, um, I, I, I don't want to say stress, but depending on how, like, how many back to back things I'm doing during the day, like sometimes I, like today, after causing chaos for my team on another call just before, <laughs> just before we came on, which is why I was partially why I was late. I was just like, I just like, I got a bunch of shit done today. I feel good about it. But what happens is like, you know, your brain starts to go, okay, time for not thinking and not making decisions. And so like, sometimes that's why like, sometimes I'm on and sometimes I'm not. Um, yeah. Anyway, now that the listeners have had all the behind the scenes of how our brains are functioning, are functioning during the recording. Okay, coming up on the show, we're going to hear a naughty dog story, childcare at U.S. Nationals, Sarah misses her slot for 70.3 Worlds, and I rock because. Okay, so I'm very intrigued, Sarah, by this naughty dog story that you're bringing to the table. It's a very enticing title, segment title, so I would like to know. Well, really, it should be three naughty dogs and two runners. Um, Naughty yeah. dogs and two runners. <laughs> That's even better. That's like a children's book or something. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Uh, two days ago, Ben's out running mm-hmm. and he's in a uh, park uh, near this golf course. And this big, like, standard poodle type dog bites him in the butt. He got bit by a poodle. Yeah. <laughs> he oh. comes home. His shorts are torn. He has bite marks on him. Like, yeah, it got it. It 
there were teeth marks. Did it draw blood? Or was it kind of just like blood? No, no, no. It's yeah. Pretty nasty. Yeah. And the owner gave him uh, contact info. I don't, which is nice, but what's he going to do with it? Like sue them? I mean, no. Um, But then yesterday I went for a run (laughs) on our local rail trail and these two naughty dogs come running after me and start nipping at me. Like, and I go and turn around and get one in the ribs a little, a little kick to the ribs. Yeah. The, pro- the problem being that our, one of our neighbors was a ni- very nice elderly woman was riding her bike and I just passed her on the run. So she saw this whole thing. She saw me kick a dog. Um, but this, to be fair, Ben. You're just out there <laughs> kicking dogs. I'm just out there <laughs> kicking dogs. And we're like, I feel terrible. But I don't feel terrible at the same time, because if you have your dog off leash, in both cases, these dogs were off leash yeah. and they were biting runners. I mean, I guess Ben Ben's not as, uh, you know, stealthy as me with my like, oh, Jack. <laughs> You're saying your dog defenses are better than Ben's. Totally. Like it's a competition. Totally. Like, I fought off the biting but dogs it was, better. It than was me. also super fresh in my mind. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I don't know what I should have done in that scenario. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was the right. I don't know. I feel bad because oh, I am a dog lover. Feel bad. As you... we know, I love dogs. Yes. But this stupid dog was going to bite me. Yeah, Sarah, I, I, yeah, you definitely didn't do the wrong thing. I feel like you have to protect yourself at some point because at some point, like an animal is an animal, you know, yeah. like, and you don't really know what they're going to do. Um, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So, you know, the, pro- I think my real problem is that really it has nothing to do with the animal. It has to do with the owner, right? Like yeah. that's, I feel bad because the dog's ribs got my foot when really like my anger was directed towards the owner because if you have a dog that's gonna chase and potentially bite runners in a public place Mm -hmm. they have to be on a leash they have to be under your control like that is that is the owner's problem that's not the dog like the dog okay has some issues it needs to work out needs to go like doggy training a little doggy therapy um, but ultimately it's the owner's responsibility and that's a, just a crappy owner, both cases. Totally. I, one time I was running in Australia, I'll never forget this. And there was a, an Alsatian, like a German shepherd. Oh yeah. Those are they big. Be, yeah. They're big and they're kind of scary and wolf-like. Scary. And yeah. I remember, and I had like, when I first got, I used to have a Rottweiler pit bull cross when I was like in my early twenties and I read because I, I took it very seriously that I had this like crossbreed that could have some, <laughs> could come with some side effects, like clamping their jaw on someone's arm. You know, like I definitely like took it seriously that I had to train this dog properly more, be- like even more so because of her breed. Although like all dogs do- should be trained, like you say. Yeah. Um, anyway, and so I had read about dogs and I knew that an Alsatian was a, like one of the most what do you call it? Aggressive dogs, Mm. but also like can be trained very well too. Sorry if I've told this story before, because I feel like I (laughs) repeat my stories in the podcast, but, um, 
And that's why like they use this police dogs, right? So this Alsatian comes up beside me and it was kind of young, but but big, like a teenager. Like it's like, it has its full, it's not fully trained, but it has full size. And if I hadn't been used to being around grand dogs, I absolutely would have freaked out because it, it was doing like, you know how dogs, like they sometimes do a little, like they like bite you, like they bite you as a, to play. Like they, they mm-hmm. don't actually sink their teeth in. They just like play with their mouths. So like it started playing with me with its mouth, except that it opened its mouth. I was running also and put it around like its mouth, like around my waist. Oh, like just clamped. (laughs) Like just, but I could tell by its behavior that it was playing. Right. But I was, oh my God, like I could be like, so I sort of told the owner, I was like, that was nice. But I was like, listen, I, that's not okay. I don't want your dog's mouth around my midriff. (laughs) Like that's not okay. Like I knew it was playing, but it was a bit, it was like kind of a moment. I'm like, this could totally freak someone out. Or imagine if I was a kid, like that could be your head, you know, my kid would just freak out. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. Although I have been on the other side of that too, where like, I've been training a dog that misbehaves, you know, and I felt really bad. And I've had people like freak out when I'm saying they're going, listen, I'm so sorry. Like, this is totally my fault, you know? And then people like, they just like, almost like, they just want to have their say and tell you mm. over and over again that it's your fault. And like, I'm standing here telling you, I agree. And it's my fault. That's happened to me a couple of times. One person called me an asshole. I didn't have my dog on. I mean, if the ship is, no, I'm totally kidding. I thought it was hilarious though. I was like an asshole. That's new. Yeah. You know, like, like maybe a bitch, but like an asshole. You're an asshole. I'm like, okay. What were you doing at the time? I were I was um so my dog was like she was fairly new and I had her off leash when we were playing with an, with my friend's dog like I was yeah. in the park um public park okay public park yeah not an off leash dog park and then which I don't think we had back then like we just used to go to this is like this is like twenty five years ago like we just used to go to the park <laughs> the dogs um and she uh chased after this guy's dog. Um, and she's not aggressive. She wasn't aggressive with it, but she like, they were like kind of playing together, but then he put his dog back on the le- back in the leash and I couldn't get her under control quickly enough. Like I was like, come on, come on. But she was like, not fully trained. Um, yeah. And I don't really remember. It was a long time ago, but and then he called me an asshole. <laughs> I do remember that because it was almost hard not to laugh. Like, I was, Oh yeah. And I was feeling apologetic, but I was like, if you call me an asshole, I find that hilarious. But, mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've definitely been, I'm, I'm thinking about this now and like at the dog park, buddy, I, I definitely, there, there are times where I probably should be called an asshole because <laughs> buddy is massive. As we've discussed on this podcast, he's a very large dog and he's very rambunctious <laughs> and he likes to ignore me sometimes. Mm-hmm. but he he's, doesn't bite humans it's just he's a he just has he's very drooly there's a lot of slobber in other dogs I don't know they're just some there was just something that really bothered me about like you know if you have if you're running by and it's it's not like because I'm sure this happens to the podcast listeners all the time if you are going by somebody's property and a dog gets aggressive. That's almost understandable to me. 
Like it's, I don't think like you still shouldn't be letting your dog out in the yard if they're going to bite humans who run or bike by. Mm-hmm. But that makes more sense to me because they're being super territorial. Um, but like you're going to a public space mm-hmm. and your dog's off leash and they're biting people. That's not cool. No, it's not cool. Okay. Sorry. You just reminded me of a story. <laughs> same time frame like I'm in, I'm in my early 20s myself and my friend both have a dog and she had this small um it was a black lab cross so it was crossed with something smaller but it just looked like a small black lab right and he was a cute dog he was called Indy and we and this bull mastiff at the dog park like we used to go again it wasn't it, it was like an unofficial thing where we'd all go at four o'clock or five o'clock or something all the dogs in the park and um this this bull mastiff just like loved Indy like <laughs> We couldn't figure every time it would just follow her dog around. And sometimes there he was black, right? Sometimes he'd be so covered in bull mastiff slubber. <laughs> it was like just like white foam covering him like head to toe. He was like unrecognizable. <laughs> with us to get the slobber off of Indy. And it was like one of those situations where like the like the, I don't think I don't know that Indy felt the same way about the bull mastiff. I think he was called Boston, actually. The guy had two bull mastiffs. One was called Boston, one was called Bruin. And then he like, and then he like was anyway, hilarious. So um as a, a an owner with a very slobbery dog, like going to the dog park, I have brought paper towels and wipes with me and just hand them out to people. <laughs> So they can clean up their dogs. They're just because, like yes. there with the wipes. Like, yeah. Sorry about I, that. I feel Indy's pain. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Okay. Before we started, you told me this story about Allison Felix announcing that there will be childcare at U.S. Nationals for moms. I'm so curious. What's this about? Yeah. Allison Felix, one of the greatest uh, runners of all time, track and field athletes of all time. She is also a mom and since becoming a mother, she's gotten really involved in, uh, you know, promoting women in sports and trying to set up, uh, you know, grants and different resources for women. Well, and, and bringing attention to racial disparities in um, maternal care. Like she's just gotten super involved. Um, So one of her latest projects is she's partnering with Athleta, who's her, her sponsor and, and mother, which is a a nonprofit. And they're going to provide free childcare to athletes, staff, and coaches at uh, the U S national championships for track and fields. And I just think it's just such an amazing idea. First of all, because you think about these these women who are bringing their children to these meets and they have to scramble and find childcare to be able to do their jobs. But also, I think we really overlook the importance um, of providing care to like the staff and coaches. Like, I, I mean, when, when this was announced, I found it really interesting that, uh, you know, I started reflecting on where we have, where we have areas of most growth, uh, potential growth for women in sport. And 
we really do not have enough women in administration, in coaching like that. It's great to see like on the participation standpoint, like how we've closed that gap. But you look at, you know, the number of female coaches and we really need to be able to support them as well. So the fact that they're, they're not just taking care of uh, providing childcare for athletes, but also staff and coaches, I think is just awesome. It's unbelievable. And like, I'm not holding my breath that, you know, Iron Man's going to start doing this for, <laughs> for a triathlon. Imagine like, if there was childcare at Iron Man. That it would, would make a huge difference. Oh, even at, there are triathlons with childcare. I remember um, interviewing the women who organized the Minneapolis. It's like a Minneapolis women's triathlon, I think. It's a YMCA Minneapolis. I, I'm pretty sure I, I could be off on the details, but I'm pretty sure there. And they have, it's a women's triathlon. They had, I forget their numbers were huge. Like I want to say 2000, but again, I could be remembering wrong women in this race and they provided childcare. That's amazing. Fantastic. And other things like tampons and aid stations, it's like just those little things, you know, like it doesn't take a lot. Um, I mean, childcare is a pretty, like it's a heavy lift, but like, um, yeah, good for them. But I even think like if, if race organizers had, you know, a click here option for just, they, you're paying for it. But just having somebody at the race venue who is vetted by the race organizers and like that's something that, you know, I I think about because if I were to try to bring my son to a race, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's one thing getting him there. But on race day, I need a block of time where I'm not trying to take care of him because mama's doing her job. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to be able to. Like, I'm not going to, I mean, I guess with websites and stuff, like I could just randomly select somebody from some city and be like, so hard. Yeah. I guess, do you hang out with my child in the hotel room? Like, do I have you come down to like leaving a kid with a stranger? Like, it's like the vetting thing's important, like by the race organizer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No. and, And can you imagine if like, you know, they have snacks and everything all set up and like, I would totally pay for that. 100%. I would love to be able to bring my kids to a race. And like, I don't care if it costs me normal babysitting fees, but to be able to have them there, like, uh, this, yeah. Race organizers. We had, If we have anybody who listens to this podcast as a race organizer, you can have that idea for free. <laughs> <laughs> we were the first people to think of it. Clearly. Felix. Speaking of childcare, can you hear the gaming going on in the background? Oh, no. no. We can't seem to get through a week without there being loud ga- gaming. <laughs> or, or dinner being prepared. Dinner being She just gets sick of waiting and just like goes into the kitchen. Okay. Speaking of which, oh, this is a sidebar. We didn't plan for this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Okay. So she's going to kill me, but she doesn't listen to the podcast. So we're doing it. Perfect. Um, so Rosalie is super into Stranger Things. Oh yeah. Have you, have you watched that? It's a great show. Yeah. So we've been watching it together and she's decided that um, she's going to be like a, can you hear that? Sorry. It's really loud for me. Um, she's decided that she's going to be like a filmmaker or she's going to create her own series right? Um, And she has divided 
up into like what, like essentially like how she's going to, I love this. She's immediately put herself into like a management role, like as if she has a team, you know, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Like when I was a kid, it's like, I would just think about, I thought like that, but I was thinking as in like, I'm going to do all the things, you know, but she's like creating teams. And then these are the teams you can be part of. If you want to be part of Rosalie's production, Um, writing, editing, character creation, character design, and ideas department. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So Sarah, which one would you be part of? Oh, ideas department for sure. <laughs> right? That's what I thought. <laughs> I feel like the ideas department was the winner. <laughs> I, I do note that she's put herself into everything except editing. Apparently <laughs> she's not that interested in the editing process. That is um, super cute. But also she's probably learning stuff from you about how to delegate and... I'm wondering that, like, is she taking that in? Because I don't think I thought about like that kind of thing, like being a boss, quote unquote, like when, when I was that age, I'm like, oh, I'm like, ooh, boss preparation for boss life. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, well done. (laughs) Are we giving me kudos for this now? Totally. Totally. (laughs) Well done. Good, good momming. (laughs) Okay. And speaking of momming last week on the show, you mentioned that you had like left the race, the race that you won, um, early, uh, to, to partially to get home to Hawk. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, also I didn't want to spend money for another hotel room and like, okay, just get in the car, drive back home. Um, I missed the awards ceremony. Right. So that meant I passed out. Um, I passed on my St. George 70.3 world champ slot. Right. And so did you know you were passing on the slot when you left early? Yeah. I mean, I had to make that decision, but it was one of these, like, do I, do I wait around for another four hours? Oh, but you would have wanted the slot. Yeah. I mean, if they, if I got it at the finish line, I definitely would have taken it. But I didn't want it enough to wait for four hours and like stay overnight for another, you know, for another night. Right. Oh, man. Do you feel like, because I don't know, I heard like this week someone told me this, right? And like, and I don't know, like, it's like, I've seen this happen before where people are like late for an award ceremony and that their spot is gone, whatever, which also seems a little bit weird. But I feel like qualifying is qualifying and like forcing Forcing a new mom, I, I haven't really thought this through, but like forcing a new mom who's like going back to her baby, like who would have to stay over another night, who's driven there, who's won the race into all of that. Like just to, it's, it's a little bit arrogant on their part, you know, to be like our award ceremony is, is this important? Like without taking, there's some situations that should be taken into account. And I feel like yours was one of them. Well, I just, I think, I think in general, they don't really take into account how people do need to get back home. They do other, have other obligations. It, it's, it, it absolutely extends beyond me um, where, or somebody in my, my position where to be able to, if you live any moderate distance away, you want to get home because you probably have to go to work on Monday. Mm. So to expect people to hang around till four, I mean, that's, 
that's asking a lot. Right. And it would have been the same for the age group athletes. I assume. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I guess, I guess during COVID, uh, they were allowing people to accept slots on like through email. Right. So they have a system in place for it. Yeah. I don't know if that was pros and amateurs. I think, um, my understanding, like definitely pros, not so sure about, uh, the age group slots. It just seems like, would we have potentially stronger fields for, uh, for age group world champs if they didn't make people wait around? Cause you hear about, you know, these roll down slots and a lot of people just need to hit the road. That's interesting. Yeah. How important is the the ceremony to their whole business, you know, right. And like, does that matter? I'd love to hear from some of our um, listeners on this. If anyone's, if anyone's a triathlete, we have any triathletes <laughs> left who put up with us not talking about triathlon um, on whether or not, because this is not a new issue, right? It's just like, I'm seeing it in a new light because of the, like the age of your kid, you yeah. know, but again, it doesn't like, like you say, like, a responsibility is a responsibility, you know, and it affects different people in different ways. Um, yeah, I would love to hear if people have been felt like they've had to give up a squat yeah. out of world championship um, just because they have a job or a child. Right. Where they they are interested in doing the race, uh, but you just can't hang out for X number of hours more for that award ceremony. I, yeah. I know for sure there have to be people in that position. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry about that, Sarah. I'm sorry you had to make that choice. I mean, it was more important for me to go home. So it was an easy choice to make, but yeah, but you shouldn't be in that position. I know? shouldn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it, it was interesting uh, at the finish line talking to some of the women and they're like, Oh, you're, sa- you're saying that I might get a slot because we were calculating with roll downs right. with other people who ha- already has spots. Mm. It, it does feel kind of weird where you're like, well, I can't take mine, but somebody who has finished seventh, like she gets to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait a second here. Yeah. You would hope that they would make, but you don't want to make exceptions because that gets messy. It's just- yeah. And you see how it ends up being like, it ends up sometimes rolling quite far because if people don't know that the first person or the first and second person aren't actually like, they assume people are going to show up to the awards and take a spot. And if they don't, and this would go for pros or age groupers, they might actually leave. Right. Totally. So, like, the slot's just rolling. Like, you know, we had stories like this, somebody called into the podcast where it's like, just like literally the slot is rolling so far. It's like anyone remember any man, yes. <laughs> any man who would like a slot. Exactly. Exactly. That's how you get in those positions because yeah, you know, the people in that age group have already left. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't make your world championships very as competitive as it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh well. Well, that happened. Okay, we're gonna take a break because we're doing we're doing a short episode, Sarah, because um I don't wanna I want to let you go before you implode. So, so let's take a break and then do a rock because. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, Hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. 
So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah, and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy, and I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years, and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. That's Iron Women, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, Iron Women 1515 at orca.com. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The AminoCo's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that AminoCo's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 230 whoa, and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your inside tracker, health analysis, and custom action plan are ready to view. 
It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. All right, Sarah, since you chose this segment, you get to go first. Why do you rock? Why do you rock? I got nothing. Um, (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, Let's see. Okay, I here's what I'm going to go with. This this is really random. Okay, so we um, I, I, it's the same thing. Actually, it's not really random at all because it's always the same. My I rock because is always because I'm learning to be a boss. So we should just turn it into the like, how is Sarah learning to be a boss this week segment? <laughs> because I like it. Literally how, how my brain thinks, right? It's like, what did I learn? It's like, why do I rock is like similar to what did I learn, right? And then once my brain's in that, I'm like, oh yeah, here's what I learned. So um, we had... Uh, I had someone approach me seeing if we could do uh, personality testing with our core team. Um, And I said, yes, and we did it. And it was so um, it was like so helpful Uh and it gave us like a new, like I, you know, I'm not really someone who like fully buys into like these personality tests. I think can change. I think the tools, some tools are more useful than others. It's more useful for some people than others. People don't always uh, understand. Some people understand themselves better than other people and fill it out better, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like, so I, I understand that there are flaws, but it just gave us like something to talk about and some way to like, some ways to like understand each other. And is it the Myers-Briggs? Yeah, we did Myers-Briggs. Yeah. Good. It's a good one to start like to basic personality testing. Yeah. Um, and so I was just really like, I was really glad that I did it and that, um, we found like new ways of understanding each other. And I feel like our team is, um, partially because of that and like just opening we're, we were already pretty good communicators, but just like opening new doors, um, to ways of communicating has really helped. So, um, that's why I rock and my team rocks. Yeah. <laughs> now that. That's, that's a really good idea. Um, Cause at the very, at the very least it, it opens up potential for a different way to communicate with people. And yeah, I like it. Oh shoot. Well now I need to come up with one. Oh, what was your personality type? I'm going to know oh, your results. Yeah. E- e- ENTP. It's like, it, it's like basically spells entrepreneur. Like there's like a lot of entrepreneurs in it. So it's like extrovert, intuitive, thinker perceiver nice yeah have you ever had your test I have not yeah yeah I've I've come out differently like I've come out differently before my um my thinker was really strong it's interesting because it's like that a lot of the questions were around how you make decisions so I definitely like answered them as if I'm making decisions at work as well Right. And I can see where like, oh, yeah, my thinker came out really strong because that's like, even though I totally the opposite. So sometimes the opposite thing, too, is like then uh, sometimes I wonder, like, why the opposites are put where they are. But like thinker versus like E, like emotion, like an emotional 
someone who makes decisions from an emotional place. Right. And so like, I'm like, oh, at work, I definitely make more decisions from a thinking place, even though I totally value like emotions and people who like, and I understand, and I like to feel my emotions and I think they're extremely useful. Right. So it's like, it's just, but like when I'm absolutely making the work decision, I like lean into that thinking side. Um, so like some things like that were interesting or my intuitive side also, because I'm like, I do use that a lot to make business decisions. I should take one. I'm, I'm curious. I'm also curious how it does change based on uh, context. Like, you know, like you said, you, you answered it as if you're at work, uh-huh. but how you would answer outside of work mm-hmm. and how it changes over time. Like, I don't think it would change enormously, but I think it would just like slightly, some things wouldn't be as strong. Like there's some ones that come out super strong, right? Like it might, it might be a little bit like I'd still be a T, I think, like a thinker, but I'd be maybe a little, have a few more points on the emotional side if I was um, the way that I make decisions in parenting, for example. Right. But we, we, I think we do tend to think of personality as being a fairly fixed thing. And, you know, if you were to take it 20 years ago versus now, it would be quite different. Yes, totally. And I, I'm actually like, yeah. And I'm glad that you said that. Um, because that's how, like with that intuition piece, like I can remember, actually, I was on a plane to go to Kona when this, like this thought like really landed with me. I was on my way to race in Kona and it, um, and it was that like, I felt like I made a lot of my decisions from thinking, or I had been like, like, I was like, was good at school. I was doing a PhD at the time, right? I was like using that part of my brain a lot, but I had noticed that there were people who were like super, super successful, like both in sport. So I was thinking about the race, right? But sport and in life who could like make decisions much more quickly because they would use their intuition and they would just know. Right. And I remember thinking like, I have that, like I have good intuition. I just sometimes don't listen to it. Right. And I'm constantly trying to logic my way. Like, through problems. Um, and I knew that about myself. And I was like, I'm just going to try. I'm going to try to be more intuitive in my decision-making um, and see if that makes any difference. And from then forward, I like kind of like leaned into that path. Like I was probably my mid twenties, um, late twenties. And I, and from then on, I just like leaned more and more into it until I realized like, oh yeah, I can like, you know, to make some business decisions, you have to like actually read the room. Like you have to go, what do people need right now? What problem can I solve for people? That's a really important thing in business is understanding that, right? And to do that, you have to have like an intuition about what, like what's happening in society at large, what's happening in your community and what people need. So you've developed that side of you and now it's a strong part of your personality. I feel like, yeah. And then I came out on this Mm -hmm. test, like with this ad and I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, Sarah, give me, give us your IROC because. Oh, geez. Sorry, we put it off. Like we managed oh, to have a long tangent there. <laughs> um, IROC because it's almost 9.30 and I'm still awake. Right. Yeah. You no, I, I think that, okay. IROC because I've realized that uh, sleep is super important and mm-hmm. I'm okay giving up lounging at night Mm -hmm. to be able to have an hour to myself first thing in the morning where I feel really good at six before anybody else wakes up 
And the only way I can do that is if I go to bed early. So like making decisions based on what is more valuable to me. So it's more valuable to me to go to bed early and have that hour to myself than it is to, oh, geez, now I kind of feel bad. I'm realizing hang out with my husband. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really the alternative. Like either I'm hanging out with him right now or I'm going to bed. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm saying I'm real exactly. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but I love my hour of Sarah time in the morning. Oh, you need yeah. you need that, Sarah. You don't need to feel bad about that. I'm sure you have lots of time with Ben at other times of day. <laughs> Save that conversation <laughs> for another week. <laughs> On that note, it's time for bed. And it was another week of If We're Riding, we look forward to having you tune in for next week and things that, you know, I probably shouldn't admit on a podcast. <laughs> My time, my time, none of you people can tell me to stop My town, my crown, we know what it takes to be reaching the top We reaching the top, we reaching the top We know what it takes to be reaching the top